Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. Well, hello again, everybody. It is time for Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags, Chuck Curry talking about the greatest movies of all time. And for the first time in the year 2021, Happy New Year to everybody out there. Hopefully safe and sound one. And this year's got to be better than la- than last year. Uh, no doubt about it for all of us on all fronts. we got a lot to do today, including uh, some movie news to get to. And we are going to look back 40 years ago in film and rank our top 10 films of 1981. We had to have some fun going back uh, 40 years ago, what was in theaters and what was our favorite movies of the time. We'll do that later on. We've got Fast Five and so much more. Let's bring him in right now. Chuck, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Mike. I Did was you, fall, do- you fell asleep during the intro already? No, here's the deal. You, you, I, I, I'm going to forge a complaint right off the bat. You're taking way too long to introduce me. No, I, I got to set up the show. Long, it's getting long. It's, it's getting longer and longer. Well, you know, I need as much time as I possibly can to talk because, as we know, I won't have much during the course Where of the is this, show. What movies is, does this line come from? Happy New Year, every, everybody. I think I think I found a way out of here. I don't know. Um, uh, Beyond the Beside Adventure. That's Captain Michael Turner, played by Michael Keane. Have we discussed the Beyond the Beside Adventure this week yet? You're starting earlier and earlier in every show. I have a feeling. I, I don't I, want to forget. Well, I have a f- this is this would be the one show you could bring it up because it is New Year's. It is the only. Let me ask you a question. Three hundred thirty three hundred and thirty million Americans. Right. Yeah. Thirty and thirty two. Yeah. How many how many people you think watch Beyond the Beside Adventure on New Year's Eve out of three hundred a hundred million? Two. Two. <laughs> you and Carl Malden's grandkids. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, um, probably. Uh, now, and I, in all seriousness, did I tell you? The night before New Year's Eve, privately, me and two buddies watched a Poseidon adventure on the big screen. Still awesome, Mike. Yep. It really was awesome. I just introduced it to my daughter for the first time on New Year's Eve. She watched it, uh, 11 years old. Cool. Uh, and and it. Tell me your thoughts. Uh, it's just, it holds up. There's no doubt about it. She was, it uh, she was not happy about Shelly Winters dying. No. Alert. She was shocked that Shelly, uh, Stella Stevens fell. A bummer. And she couldn't. <laughs> it's interesting how she thinks now. She couldn't believe that, you know, Gene Hackman was dead. And she kept saying, well, if he's dead, then who's the star of this movie? The stars, they don't. It shows you she, in her mind, she's programmed to think the stars won't die in a movie. Has she watched Earthquake. No. Well, that's another. She's going to be shocked at the ending of that movie. But it Let goes to show you how, you know, uh-huh. in this day and age, Chuck, it is rare when the lead star actor dies in an action movie. Let me ask you a question. When they did the towering inferno in 74 in retrospect, you'll surprise they didn't kill off Steve McQueen or Paul Norman. I was them? a little bit surprised. Um, Why, do you watching, think they didn't? Why do you think they didn't? I think that I think the star power was just too I do. much. I too agree. Much. I yeah. agree. In that um, case, I agree. I would say too, if you watch the towering inferno's death count is relatively low uh, considering, I mean, Poseidon adventure, I mean, people are getting killed left and right on that movie. Yeah, and, and, I agree. Uh, Tower Inferno, outside of Robert Wagner, Robert Vaughn, I mean, Richard Chamberlain, you want to die. And I guess Jennifer Jones would be the Gene Hackman moment of that movie. I got to tell you, that was powerful. But I tell you, the Robert Wagner death scene in the Tower Inferno is as good a death scene as 
any in any disaster movie of all time. I think so. Yeah. Anyway, um, we're going to do 1981 in a bit. We do have some movie news. Uh, Chuck, I, I, I my eyebrows raised when I saw this 90 years old. Richard Donner is going to direct Lethal Weapon 5. That's what he says. I mean, do what you, are we doing do you, here, Chuck? Do you believe it? I mean, I think in his mind, he thinks he okay, can do let's, it. Let's say here. I'm going to ask you two questions. First question. Would you like to see it? Well, yeah, I'll see. Yeah, it. I, w- I would, too. Uh, question is, what would the what would the storyline be? Uh, uh, honestly, they can't be on the horse anymore. I don't know. They have to they have to do something pr- like a private revenge, like a sort of revenge. They get involved in something. Yeah. The most mercenaries. They come back. Would Warner help. Brothers say to Richard Dreyfus, OK, not Richard, Richard Donner. Would they say, OK, he's 90. Let him direct. I know Eastwood does it, but yeah, that's he, has, a little... he probably has a crew. Of, I, I, would they let him do it? What's the last thing he's done? Do we even know? I don't know. It's been a while, probably. Um, yeah, I love him as a director, and we'll talk about it probably later on in, when we go back to 1981. But, I, I mean, I just at 90 years old, can you have a feel for a slam-bang action? His last movie he did was 16 Blocks, which was oh, that's a long 15 time years ago. ago. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I honestly, I don't know if we need a lethal weapon five at this point either, Chuck. No, we uh, don't. I, I got to tell you, you know, it's interesting because my wife just watched all four lethal weapon movies with my daughter. And um, their reaction was love the first, love the second, even more. Third one, they said, ah, and then really like the fourth one. I, I'm in the agreement. That's what that would be my uh, assessment. I did like the third one, but it's the least of the four. But the, no, the, fourth, the, 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 the villain's underrated. not good. I enough. really like the fourth one. The villain's not good enough in the third, although Rene Russo does add a lot yeah, to it. She does. And um, the villain's she's a, great. She's actually the juice of the third one. Yeah. And, and the villain's great in the fourth one in Jet Li. And that's what Absolutely. saved that movie. And those fight sequences in the fourth one are pretty damn good. Yeah. Very rated R as opposed to the rest of the movie, which is light PG 13. I mean, yeah. they added Chris Rock and it. I mean, they just. It was like a high school reunion. At it's times. enjoyable, though. The end yeah. credits, it's enjoyable. It is. It is um, definitely watchable. But the first one is a completely different R-rated movie that is not like the others. And yeah, I just they, they that probably myself. didn't. They probably did not expect it to grow into a, a, a franchise. Probably not. Probably not. Um, all right, Chuck. Uh, other than that, I did see that David Gordon Green, who's tackled the Hollywood re- Halloween remakes and sequels, mm-hmm. yeah. um, is looking to do a sequel to the exorcist for bloom house um now i'm not sure if it's going to pick up right after exorcist three when you bring linda blair back uh they're going to bring linda blair back would you i mean i don't know they would you would you it sounds like what other angle can you do right i Uh, mean if you're going to do a direct i'm assuming they're going to do a direct sequel which means ignore everything that came after the first one right that's what i'm thinking so if you do that you almost you almost to some extent get her back right um I think there'd be some. I mean, I don't see why she wouldn't come back. I think right? that would be a good selling point, though, to create an interest. No. Well, and Ellen Burstyn's still alive, too, right? I mean, listen, she could- you could argue The Exorcist is not only one of the greatest horror movies, if not the greatest horror film ever made, but one of the best movies ever made. I think it is. I yeah. think it is. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, you could bring back mother and daughter. Ellen Burstyn's still around and Linda Blair. I mean, yeah. Um, what kind of movies are going to be? Uh, it, it's. Oh, no. Bloomhouse, it's going to be gritty. Um, we'll Probably see. Be, listen, anything that deals with exorcism that's done right in possession scares the hell out of me. It sure does. There's no doubt about it, Chuck. Uh, it is a scary topic to say. It is least. very much so, especially if you grew up. I grew up Catholic, 
and I got all the dogma still. And that stuff scares me. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of scary. All right, Chuck, yeah. what else you got? Uh, I read that uh, Netflix, George Clooney's The Midnight Sky. Most watched pace. movie ever. Yeah. Uh, 72 million people they project in four weeks households. It's impressive. It's very impressive. Uh, it goes to show you the time of year it is. It's cold, so people are indoors. People are still quarantining. But and I guess I, Clooney uh, creates an interest still. Yes, he has star power. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Um, and, and I liked it a lot, as we talked about last week. So um, I think it was a lot of an alternative to Wonder Woman 1984, too, Chuck. A, a completely different type of movie. You liked but, it more than I do. I, I thought it was ah. Yeah, well, you know. Um, you might want to watch it again. And by maybe the way, I will. I, in fairness, maybe I will. In in at, at the time of this recording, I've seen half of Cobra Kai. I seen Chuck has episode. seen the first and episode. My, my wife and daughter watched all ten and came to me and said, "Wow, awesome!" Uh, uh, awesome. Uh, halfway through, I'm impressed. Although I wish the um, someone would get to the creators and explain to them that karate might be the least um, interesting thing in this entire series so maybe back off a little bit on the karate there's a little bit too much really yet you'll see you'll see what i mean okay a little bit too much bullying and karate with the kids it's like i get it but that's the least interesting part of what's going on in this series so uh but it is very good and uh all the players are there and 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 uh and i really have enjoyed it so far i got one uh chad imitating is in uh negotiations to star up as sandra bullock in a romancing the Stone-esque action adventure film titled Last or The Lost City of D. Sandra Bullock continues to write her own ticket, Mike. She yeah. can do whatever she wants in the business. Yeah, I would think she, she's number one on the you know ranking of powerhouse female actress leads. I mean, there's not too many people in her rare air right now. Maybe a Charlize Theron. That's about it. But she is uh, she does what she wants, Chuck. Meanwhile, Gal Gadot, I just saw in an AT&T commercial. What's going on, Chuck? What is her agent? Is that something she had to do? I think a lot of them. I think a lot of listen, they all do it overseas and some are starting to do it here. Why? Listen, why not? Well, she's in a commercial with the girl that does AT&T girl. I mean, this is stupid. You want to be a movie star or what? You know, here's I, I, I read this. This is really interesting. According to Entertainment Weekly, they get, they did an interview with Christopher Walken, right? He says he's never had a computer, never had a cell phone, never sent an email in his entire life. Interesting. If there's one guy, I would believe that. I, I do believe Walken. it. I do believe it. Yeah. By the way, I did hear an um, interview with uh, Chris Pine. Yeah. Says that uh, Patty Jenkins' storyline for Rogue Squadron which is another Star Wars film that she's going to be directing. He says it's really great. Yeah. Hopefully they have hire a new editor to help her out. I, I was just reading an article. Could her ability to direct that film be hurt or hindered somewhat by the, 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 the um, at least a creative failure in a lot of people's opinion of Wonder Woman 1984? I don't think so. Having said that, here's what's interesting. I watched it again. I watched it again, and my reaction the second time was, did she lose the keys to the editing room? It's crazy. I mean, that that really is what I my, – that's, that's my ultimate takeaway from Wonder Woman 84. Let's move on to Fast Five, and we'll start with Mel Gibson, who, uh, you know, Lethal Weapon, Martin Riggs, and all that stuff. And Mel Gibson, whose most recent movie is 
uh, a Santa Claus movie, action thriller, straight to streaming if you want to watch it. Um, believe it or not, he is 65 years old. He starts collecting Social Security today, Chuck. Um, Mel Gibson. I mean, to me, I obviously Martin Riggs is what I think of, but Braveheart is got to be the his signature role. I agree. I, I do agree with that. And I got to tell you something about Mel Gibson. Um, I just, as a, his personal, whatever his personal demons or whatever you think about him aside, I am, I just admire him in front of the camera, behind the camera. I love watching him act. I got to be honest with you. I, I just love, I, something about him. He's tremendously compelling to watch. And he is, uh, he's working a lot lately too. He's doing the, the, the Bruce Willis route. A of, little too much. A little bit too much. Uh, he did a movie force of nature with, uh, Emil Hirsch and Kate Bosworth this year, which is a, a disaster movie of a I'm disaster. I'm surprised movie. Emil Hirsch is doing this stuff. You know, Netflix, by the way, just added uh, Into the Wild this week. I like oh, that good. movie a lot. I like Great that movie. movie a lot. Yeah. Great movie. Um, yeah. And he's got a movie with um, Naomi Watts and, Mel- and Frank Grillo called Boss Level that's coming up um, this year uh, by yeah. Joe Carnahan, the director. Yeah. But it probably, you look at it, it's not, I mean, it's going to go straight to streaming despite the talent attached to it. Um, and then if, I, I lead the weapon five, I, I suppose could be in the works for him. Chuck could be in the works. Um, Frank, I wish, Lan- he, I, I wish he was Mad Max in the last one though. Fury road. I, I, well, I love that movie. Tom, Tom Hardy. I love Tom Hardy in the movie. You're nah, I'd rather see Mel Gibson. Uh, Frank Langella is 82 years old from Bayonne, New Jersey. Frank Langella. I remember first as Dracula way back. I do when. too. I remember. Um, I think most recently, um, I Dave, right? He's really I, good I, at Dave. I, yeah, I was thinking of Dave. He plays that villain well. That's yeah. sort of like that bureaucratic, you know, that bureaucratic villain type person. He's good in those roles. And, and he was also very good as uh, as uh, Richard Nixon too. In Frost yeah. Nixon, he did a real good job. He's a good actor. Real good actor. Always, uh, always uh, classy. Whatever he brings to the table. Um, Cuba Gooding Jr. Chuck. Obviously, we're all going to say, "Show me the money." Um, Cuba is is only fifty two years old. It's not Snow Dogs. It's not Snow Dogs. Believe it. It's not Radio either. Although radio was a close second. Let me ask you a question. When he got the role in, in Jerry Maguire, to me, might be Tom Cruise's best movie. I like it the best. It's Cuba's too, by the way. Okay. Now, when he got, when Cuba got that role, I, I think, in, and I like the guy, I, he, I, I, but I think he caught lightning in a bottle. Right. He caught lightning in a bottle. He winds up, holy smoke. Guy actually wins an Oscar for that role. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then everything he did preceding it, Never yes. capitalized. Remember that disaster of an action movie with uh, Skeet Ulrich, the the chill factor that and was what, bad. What he did he did that movie on the the date the dating uh, the what was that on the cruise ship with the guy from Oh yeah, SNL. what the heck was the name of that one? Yeah, bad. Um, yeah, boat trip, boat trip, boat yeah. trip, boat trip, and Snow Dogs came out the same year. You know, I should I know I know people trash on the movie, but. I don't know. I, you know, Michael Bay's Pearl Harbor. He's it. He's, he's I, good I, in it. I don't mind that movie. I just he, don't. Yeah, I don't like it at all. The action sequence is a price. I think there's some good stuff in that film. Yeah, just Truman too much. Good is pretty good too in much that movie, love though. story. Too much okay. love story. It's you bad. don't like love story. Well, not when you're showing Pearl Harbor, a historical event. They tried to do Titanic. Titanic. I know they what he tried. tried to do. It didn't work. I know. <laughs> um, 
he was very good too in Judgment Night, very early in his career. Yeah, and um, I, I did like um, I did like uh, the the um, what was that movie with um, uh, Outbreak? The the, the the he's he's good in Outbreak yeah. too. Yeah, um, opposite of Dustin Hoffman. All right, Chuck, yeah. two more to go. Yeah, Dabney Coleman is eighty eight years old. Here's what's interesting: at Dabney Coleman, he actually has a part where he's very good at the end of the Towering Inferno. He does right where he tells yep mcqueen uh plan. basically basically plan. we have a way to get you up there we don't have, have a way, way to get, get out yeah and, and 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 mcqueen ushers one of the great lines in uh movie, movie history. history right yeah, yeah. oh yes yep. yeah oh uh, they'll find some dumb son of a bitch to do it yep. um well uh, buffalo bill was a big tv series of obviously war, he's the war boss games. war games war games he's great in nine, to, of five. Course, nine to five is a signature role for him yep uh, nine to five is probably a, I, you know what I liked his he popped up on um, Warwick Empire. He looked real, real old. Yeah. Uh, you know, like eight years ago. Yeah. I, I really like that movie Cloak and Dagger with uh, yeah, it's a good movie Henry too. Thomas, a yeah. very underrated movie. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and last but not least, and Chuck, I introduced my, you know, I had my daughter all week. So we were watching a lot of movies that I thought she needed yeah. to see, including Independence Day, which she got to see for the first time. First uh, time. And, and first time. And she you're enjoyed in a really it. Good, you're in a really nice phase with your daughter here. Yeah. It's, you know, she's, you get to watch these movies again with her and, and Robert Loggia. Um, is you nine, it would have been have 90. You, have you introduced it to uh... Resurrection? No. No, that's like not going to happen. Dawn of the Dead? No. Chuck, Why? let's stay on topic here. Um, Robert Loggia, Independence Day, obviously big. He would have been ninety. Yeah. Um. Uh. Not. I, I got to tell you, so yeah, he's he is. Oh, listen, Scarface. Yep. Um. I hated what they did with him in Independence Day. Too, Resurgence. Though. Yeah, it's bad. It's. Uh, I hated what they did. Oh with my him. god. Um. It was really bad. And they the movie's bad. Item, I think. Uh, it's just not good. Um, you know what I liked him in when he was the mafia guy in that um, vampire movie. I thought he was really good. Um, Innocent Blood with Anthony LaPaglia back in the okay. day. Okay. Um, listen, Robert Loggia, I always liked in everything he did. Of course, he was the detective in Jagged Edge. He yep. got a Oscar nomination for that, Chuck. And I bet you didn't know this little nugget. Tell me. Um, the movie uh, that... Um, physical evidence that uh, Burt Reynolds was in was an original draft of a script for the sequel to Jagged Edge. And Burt Reynolds is actually playing the character, Sam Ransom, that um, uh, Robert Loggia played in Jagged Edge. They just never it, in pre-production. It never got to that next step to do another Jagged Edge movie. So it became a Burt Reynolds vehicle. And that movie is essentially a sequel to Jagged Edge with that character. Okay. A little, right. you know, I like to throw a little nugget out there every once in a while too, Chuck. And I also think he's very good in return to me with Carol Connor, David Duchovny and Minnie driver, a very underrated romantic comedy from the early two thousands, Chuck about a heart donor who falls in love with the donee. Um, I remember that movie, Chuck. Or I no? do. Yeah. I, I do. like that movie a lot. And I only wish David Duchovny would have made more movies like that. And he might've had a, a longer lasting movie career. I, I never understood that Chuck, David Duchovny, Always a fan. He never went to that next threshold after the X-Files. Theories. I know. No theories. You just want to move no, on. I mean, no I, David Duchovny. No, I, I, think, I think it's interesting because there's certain actors who are really good on television who don't transcend 
to, to features for whatever reason. Right. Tom Selleck, we mentioned, right? Right. This has been a hand. This is more than a handful. He's one of them. The yeah. Company. Yeah. No doubt about it. All right, Chuck, unless you want to talk about Dax Shepard's career, we're going to move on from uh, fast five. What about Anthony Hopkins? Wasn't he? Uh, didn't he have a birthday this week? He did. He turned 90 earlier in the week. Um, or something like that. 90 can't be 90. Is he 90? No, no. He's uh, he's old. He's no, a, you know what he did? He celebrated sobriety. I don't think he celebrated. He's a, no, he's 83. You know, he turned 83. He celebrated sobriety, though. No, no. That's because they profiled his birthday. I did a profile on my radio spot. He turned 83. Yeah, a little too early in the week to make our show. You want to say something about Anthony Hopkins? I mean, that's a little easy. It's a Silence little easy. Lambs. Yeah, I mean. I'd rather talk more about Kate Bosworth, who turns 37 this week. Would you like to talk about her? That's a no. Okay, so we'll move on now. Okay. To 19. He's either not listening, people, or he's no, no, just no, not. No, no. I, I was trying to find out. Uh, I think Anthony Hopkins uh, uh, has like 137 acting credits. That's what I wanted to state. Oh, oh is that what you need? It's to a listen? great career. He's guy's awesome. Oh, he's unbelievable. Oh, I just wanted to point out one thing about Anthony Hopkins. Why do you think he never played a villain in a Bond movie or a superhero film? He would have been great in a Bond as a Bond villain. No, they never said, "Hey, let's get Anthony Hopkins to be a Bond villain." No, yeah, I mean they could have. They could have gotten him to play awesome. Bond at one point, I guess. Maybe. I don't uh, know he, about that. Why not? Why couldn't he be James? He Bond? He would have been a great Bond villain. I don't know why he couldn't be James Bond. Explain why he couldn't be James. I Bond. I don't see him as James Bond. Why? Why not? I don't. But Timothy Dalton, you do. I love Timothy Dalton's Bond. Uh, you make no you sense. I think it's become more and more apparent from our, our listeners and fan base who is the sane one and who is not the same <laughs> when we talk movies here. Um, let's move on to 1981, Chuck, which was a, a pretty good year um, for, for, for movie making. Um, it, it, yeah. on Golden Pond went nuts at the Academy Awards the next year. I don't know if it's on either one of our lists. Maybe it is, but it was really the resurrection of uh, of uh, Henry Fonda and him getting the big award, and then Chariots of Fire as well um, for for the Oscars. And it, you know, so those were the really two big movies. Chariots of Fire didn't make my list. I don't know about you, but no. um, let's talk about um, our top ten, 1981. I'll Just start. Now, listen, I really want you to listen gonna, 10, 10 through yeah, six and then I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna don't just gloss over it and then go right into your list. Like, listen to what I have to say, Dad. then comment on it so we can have a discussion about my picks. Fair enough. Can we do that? Yes. All right. Good. Uh, my number 10 and number nine. Actually, it's a tie because it stars the same actor. I'm, You're cheating. I'm not cheating. One's 10. One's nine. I'm not. Oh, okay. I did you uh, have some 10s. No, yeah. no. My one 10 and one nine at number 10. I actually love the ensemble cast of Cannonball Run. Think it's a light, funny summer movie. I had a blast at it. My mom and dad had a blast at it. I love that movie. Then a much darker Burt Reynolds movie comes out at the end of the year and a much better Burt Reynolds movie at number nine. And that's Sharky's Machine. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of that action cop movie it's on my list uh, all right I, I knew it would be i think number eight's on your list as well american werewolf in london yes. uh, john landis great yes. horror movie kind yes. of a lesser known horror movie it's kind of got lost in the shuffle it, ha it, it has it really it's has been, it's really weird because it was very popular i yes, mean extremely I popular uh Agreed. back in the day and Agreed. then it kind of just waned off uh but a great uh, david naughton some unbelievable special effects that's my number eight another great horror movie at number seven chuck and the most paused scene on VHS has to be when the head explodes for Scanners. But beyond that, mm. Scanners is a damn good 
uh, horror movie directed by David Cronenberg. It's my number uh, seven. And I think it moves along at a great pace. The yes. acting, the, the lead actor, a little less to be, de to be desired, but Michael Ironside, a great villain and a fantastic ending to that movie, too. I love Scanners, one of my favorite from David Cronenberg. And one of my favorite Bill Murray movies is at number six, Chuck, and that's Stripes, where he does the speech at the end. He does all the funny lines in between. It's got a great score. It's got a uh -huh. great supporting cast and John Candy and Hal Ramis and the, the late, great Warren Oates. I love Stripes. It's one of the quintessential uh, Bill Murray movies. So there's my 10 through 6. Let me know what you think. Cannonball Run, Sharky's Machine, American Werewolf in London, Scanners, and Stripes. It's a good list. It's a good list. I remember, you know, uh, Scanners, I think it came on like WHT, one of the first cable stations back in the day with the antennas on the roof. I always cringe before the head explodes. It's like, oh, oh my god! It's like, I can't watch this. I can't watch. Let me watch this. So he was like, it's just, it's just uh, really creepy. It's unbelievable. And like I said, I remember the VHS. We kept pausing it frame by frame to see how it was done. Yeah. Uh, so it's how many of I, my 10 through six are on your list? Just two. a couple. I'm going to give you my list. Ready? Give me 10. Uh, here's an interesting list. Number 10, I put Fort Apache, the Bronx. Good movie. All right. Uh, that movie's not even not. You can't even get that movie on 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 uh, Disney DVD. I don't think it's it's on. You can't watch it. I think it might be on YouTube though. Paul Newman and an actor named Ken Wall, who hit it big on a TV show called Wise Guy, later had yep. some serious issues with drugs. I believe killed his career. But I I remember seeing that in a the movie theater. I always dug that movie. Uh, it was a really cool, interesting New York City police movie about uniform police officers. Yeah. Ed Asner, too, right? And Danny Aiello, yes, I believe. correct. Uh, I always thought the ending was very weird with that freeze frame of him chasing yeah. the thug. I, I just yeah. never understood that. I, but it's I, a never good like, I never like films that end on a freeze frame. No, I, I agree. It's I not agree. a good way to end a movie. Number nine, I went with Halloween 2. Almost made my list. Okay, because in retrospect, it's my favorite Halloween movie to watch at Halloween time. It plays really well as one long movie, Halloween 1 and 2. There's something about it. I can't explain everything. There's something about it that I find tremendously watchable. Of you want to know Halloween my theory movies. on it? Yeah, go ahead. I think it's, to me, it's yeah. the ending. I think the ending is where it all should have ended. Um, it's just the perfect way to wrap up the film when he lights the mat. The, 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 the whole hospital thing. scene when Myers breaks through the, is awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, He's dead. It, it's, Don't touch him. And then he, oh, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. My number eight, you're going to go, why is it so low? It's Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's what? my number eight. I mean, you you got your list upside down. What the hell are you doing? No. <laughs> you and got you, your mind? When you, get to, when you get to it as your number one, I'll explain why. Okay. Uh, this ought to be good. Number seven, Wolfen. Good movie. Albert Finney. First time I saw Albert Finney in, on the big – no, no. Actually, my parents took me to see uh, Scrooge, Scrooge, the singing version. Where he sang, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's okay, good. I like that a lot, but I didn't see Albert Penny for a while. I got to tell you, I love Wolfen. Yeah, it's a good movie. Okay, um, and you know seven. what's funny? He had yeah. another movie that year called Looker. Albert Finney yeah. came out with two movies in 1981. He was That's an interesting-looking actor because in, in Wolfen, his hair's longer. He's not exactly the picture of health, right? But he's damn good as a cop. No, and Predator would end up stealing a lot from Wolfen, Chuck. The, and, they, and, and for people who know, the score in Wolfen is the exact same score that James 
Horner would use in Aliens. That's a fact. Exactly the same score. It's a, it's a great movie. Um, almost made my list. And if you think about it, Wolfen and American Werewolf in London, maybe, and The Howling all yeah. came out in 1981. Hey, uh, uh, hey, a lot of really cool horror and, and, and a lot of cool horror in 81. Yeah. Uh, so number six is Sharky's Machine. Boy, that's a gritty movie. You know, you never saw a main. It's hard to think of a main character played by Burt Reynolds who gets his fingers cut off. In that that's movie, a good scene. That's and a it's good scene. nasty. Yeah, and he kills a lot of his partners. A lot of people die in that movie. Yeah, they, it, 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 listen, it's, it's a really good role for Reynolds. He directed the movie. He did. Um, and and uh, Rachel Ward, we got introduced to her. She's fantastic in that Beautiful. movie. Um, uh, stunning in that film. I I don't think it made too much money though, Chuck. I don't think it really struck a chord with audiences of, of fans of Burt Reynolds, and I don't I, know why. I, I think it did okay. It did all right. Number number great. and number five is and wait, wait, wait. Male. You're not up to five. Go through oh, no, no. ten through six. Oh, you're right. Uh, yeah. So unless your number, number five is Cannonball Run, go no, through ten no, through six. Number ten, Fort Apache, The Bronx. Number nine, Halloween two. Number eight, Raiders of the Lost Dog. Number seven, Wolf. And number six, Chalky's Machine. You're right. I'm jumping yeah. the gun here. Well, Chuck, and 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 to, before we go any farther, you did bring up a great point. We what? seem to be in the heyday of horror movies and um go, getting released in theaters. Uh, and and uh, like three of uh, maybe three of the classic wolf movies all came out in the same year. But you have movies like Blood Beach, My Bloody Valentine, Friday the 13th, Part Two, The Fun House, Omen Three. I mean, you talk about the heyday of horror movies. 1981 could have been Night School comes out. You've got the cheesy Graduation Day, The Burning. These are all slasher horror. I mean, it shows you a final exam comes out as well. Shows you where where we were as far as making horror movies. 1981 might be that turning point of going from um, the exorcists and and omens of the world to the Friday the 13th and Halloween sequels of the world. Well, it introduced, let's be honest, uh, you, you know, well, Friday the 13th is a, really the first forte into slasher. And then it just it really snowballed. Yeah, it was the introduction of Jason Voorhees. Halloween really. two, Halloween two is a slasher movie. Halloween yes. one is not. Yep. Right. Um, and then movies like um, Hell Night would come out later in the year as well. I, I remember really tell you bring back a lot of fond memories. Yeah, uh, uh, and 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 I know it's not really a slasher movie, but um, um, at the Evil Dead debuts. Yeah, you know, October can I tell year. a story real quick? Of course, you this know, is what this show's about. Back in this time period, you didn't have YouTube, right? And you didn't have mass media to bombard us with trailer after trailer. And a lot of the way we knew movies were coming out, we sat in a movie theater and watched the trailer for the first time. And a lot of it was horror. And it was like, wow, I, I want to see that. Yeah. You know, that looks cool. And, and, and we we're, were in that, that phase because one of my movies in my top five is a movie that was stuck into in that. Like there's an inventive period where directors didn't have the budget to do really what they wanted. So they had to rely on like some cool sets or imagination to try to do things now where they just use computers and CGI. And I liked it back better in the 80s because I liked I liked I liked I like model, you know, model, the use of scale models. Yep. Awesome. And and, 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 and hand built sets were awesome and non-computer generated stuff was amazing i miss that time i really do no doubt about it and um maniac came out in 1981 as well I remember Chuck. that movie dead and buried came out in 1981 
We're talking about a lot of really you know, here's good what's interesting. I want to just a movie like Maniac, right? Where people would go, like, I heard about Maniac. I want to see Maniac. And somebody's, oh, I saw Maniac. Oh, my goodness. And then you're like, you, you sort of dared yourself. You want to walk into a movie theater to watch this stuff, right? Yeah. And that, 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 that was, it was, it's just a different, different period of time. Remember Wings Hauser? Remember yeah. that guy? Okay, yeah. when he did, like, you, you, you saw one of his movies. Like you knew you were in for some violence or you definitely, know, something definitely. Different. Um, so there were, there were a lot of a uh, great harm well, not great horror movies, but definitely genre horror movies that stood out from 1981. If you're a fan of that slasher early eighties, 81 might be the heyday of all that. Let's get to our top five now, Chuck from 1981. And I'll start at my number five. And, and it's almost, uh, it's as gritty as those movies from the early eighties, but it's actually a very good film. And it might be Stallone's best early film outside of Rocky and first blood. And that's Nighthawks as he plays uh, Deke Da Silva. Always, always Stallone with the great names, Deke Da Silva, uh, trying to hunt down a terrorist with a lot uh, less body weight, a lot less body weight, but a beard, no less for yeah, an, an interesting look and a great partner in Billy D Williams, yeah. but a really good storyline that plays well now, as opposed to then with a yeah. terrorist coming into New York city and threatening the city and threatening his ex-wife. Uh, uh, here's, a, here's a trivia question. Who has a, a bit part in the beginning as a jewelry store clerk. Uh, that would be Catherine Mary Stewart. Yes, Catherine Mary Stewart. She looked beautiful in the movie. She did. Uh, but Chuck, this movie works on all levels as an action movie, as a cop buddy cop movie, as a Stallone movie, and as it, you know, as a, just a good old fashioned thriller. Yeah, um, it was a thriller. It's a, it's a really good film. Great ending too, with a surprise twist that I'm not sure too many people saw coming. Um, and it's really Stallone being less like Rocky or Rambo. He's actually playing a decent part here, Chuck, and yeah. a really good chase scene halfway through the movie on foot in New York city in the gritty New York city back in the day, early eighties. Yeah. Um, and, and not much can be said about the performance that Rucker Howers gives, but it's brilliant. He's a very good villain and he shows it off here at Nighthawks. So Nighthawks is my number five, Chuck, uh, a very good New York city action film from the early eighties. Yeah. I like, it. I remember seeing it in a theater. Uh, I saw it on my top 10. It was right outside it, but it's a very solid pick. My number five is it's an American werewolf in London. They don't make horror films this inventive anymore. Hell it's, no. It, it actually, it sort of like mixes genres to a point. It's a comedy too. Yep. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's a comedy. It has a really interesting cast. It's very well directed by John Landis. And it, it, it certainly has a legacy, but it, I think it, it was more popular back in this time period it than like it is it. now. Yeah, it seemed like, and I, I don't know why. The special effects are fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, the the ending's really good. David maybe, Naughton. Maybe, maybe it's a little too creative, a little too smart for, for today's audiences to catch on. I, I guess so. Um, I mean, let's face it, too. The last 15 minutes play out in a porn movie theater. That's hard to keep showing. Maybe. I mean, that, that that's yeah. hard to put up on. Hey, kids, let's watch this movie. I remember my daughter said she introduced it to her kids. I'm like, what'd you do Hello. about the, the last 15 minutes of the film? She's like, ah, well, I'm like, well, you know, I think part of that's a little tricky and Landis is playing a little joke on us all there. But yeah. Chuck, the transformation scene is as good as anything you'll ever see CGI. And guess what, people? It wasn't CGI. It was great movie making. And uh, unfortunately, movie makers now cheat. They don't want to go through the expense of doing real um, special effects, Chuck. Um, oh, instead, it'd be all digital and we would get, you know, what we got in Wonder Woman 84. Um, but this you is know, even even the opening of Wonder Woman 84 in the stadium. 
You can ah, see it's, it's it, so glaring CGI. It's, it's not even that well done. No, it's bad. Uh, but this it, is it very well done. Yeah. Okay. And, and, uh, and, you know, kudos to David Naughton, too. I mean, this guy's not a big movie star. No, he did a good job, though. He did a very good job um, in this film. Uh, and then he would later have the hit single making it, which I know you had a 45 of back in the day. And you would dance. And then the- I drew it out the window. Uh, I don't know. I think you might have been doing a little. Disco I used it that. as a Frisbee. Well, uh, one of the guys I know would be dancing to it is at my number four because John Travolta was a great dancer, but he put his dancing shoes aside, teamed up with uh, Brian De Palma. And you and I have talked about this movie a lot. Blowout is my number four, actually a remake of the old French film Blow Up. But this one is for American audiences and has a great uh, thrilling last 25 minutes of this movie. It's my number one. It is your number one. Well, you know, I I put it as my number one because it, it. I, I wanted to put something more serious as my number one, but this is the best acting of John Travolta's career. No doubt. And when you watch a movie, you never feel like there's a movie star as the lead. You just do not. It just feels like a regular guy doing a performance. You know, it's Travolta, but he's good. And remember, I mean, Nancy Allen was a mainstay back in the day, especially in the Palma movies. Yeah, the Palma used her a lot. And John Lithgow was a really showed you what he really, could do. Yeah, he's a scary villain in this movie. And very early Dennis Franz, too, helping out in this film as well. It's got, but the last, I mean, he knows how to stage action. We've seen it in The Untouchables. Oh, We've he seen does. It in Scarface. And the, the Jeep scene downtown Philadelphia during the 4th of July with the great score. Uh, it's hard to find that anywhere and, else, Chuck. And, even and in, also, in the 80s, it, it, movies play like, okay, you could have character development and an interesting subject matter. And a nice payoff. And it's just the pacing's different. And this movie really works. It's well, it's a good movie. It's really interesting movie. you say nice payoff, but this has a payoff you really don't expect. No, I know, but I'm saying but but it's a, it's a, it's the payoff the director wants. Yeah. Doesn't have to comp- yeah, it doesn't have to compromise his vision. Right. That's uh, the point I mean. He nails it. Yep. Um a really good movie. It's my number it's, four. And I'm glad you brought that up. In in they let directors play their vision out. They didn't. The studios didn't necessarily interfere, and they they always interfere now. Well, yeah. Now they it almost starts in production, and then they go back. All right, let's write a script around yeah. what we want to do, and that's where everybody usually gets in trouble. Unless but you're, you're right. It, unless you're Chris Nolan and you do Tenant, and you, I still don't know. Yeah, what he's about. bigger. Yes, there are certain directors, Fincher of the likes, of get to do what yeah. they want to do. Um, yeah. This movie came out right in the middle of the summer too, Chuck. Um, and it only made $13 million. I, I remember it being somewhat of a disappointment. I, I remember seeing it in a theater, though. Yeah, I do, too. And and you nailed it, too. It was really before Travolta. I mean, yes, he had Saturday Night Fever in Greece, but it was really act. It was like, all right, this guy's going to do other things besides sing and dance. You and, let him act. Yeah. He did a good job. Yeah, he did a good very character. good job. He's a really good character. Um, all right, that's my number four. What's your number four? Uh, my number four is... Uh, Escape from New York. My number three. All right. Uh, Let's expand. Uh, that was interesting. I just added to the menu of movies we're watching at my smoothie bar because I added HBO Max. And I'm going through the list. And, oh, Escape from New York is on HBO Max. And I put it on today. And again, it's another type of a film that's wildly creative, very compelling, really cool anti-hero as you lead. But Carpenter is doing things in this movie without a big budget. And he's being inventive. And you can see the inventiveness. That's what makes these movies so cool. That's what I mean. Back in the day when you used to go to the video store, the mom and pop video store, and you used to get see the video box. Oh, Escape from New York. I, you know, you bring it home. You put it, pop it in the 
in the VH- VHS and you watch it and you realize, you know, when you're watching it, they're doing things that you may not have seen before. And you know, in, in the back of your mind, they're, they're doing it without, you know, a $200 million budget. And that's what makes these movies really cool. And, and he wrote it. He directed it, um, came out in the summer of 81. And let's face it. I know Donald Pleasance is playing the president here, yeah, but I know, I get he it. nails the casting with maybe the greatest character of the eighties. And that's snake Pliskin without snake Pliskin. I think this movie's just, uh, you know, run of the mill science fiction movie. He really discovers and creates one of the most quintessential action uh, heroes of the eighties. Chuck, before there was Rambo, before there was all these other, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, it was Kurt Russell's snake Pliskin that set the tone of this, uh, a heroic hero who just was in it because he had to be in it. Um, and then you cast Lee Van Cleef, Ernest Borgnine, Isaac Hayes. I, I mean, really cool. He, he nailed it. Harry Dean Stanton. And Lee, Lee, Van, Lee Van Cleef was really cool in this film. Very cool in this movie. Yeah. Um, and the Duke, the Duke, Duke of New York, New York, Isaac Hayes, a great a- uh, wrestling Adrian scene. Adrian Barbo. Adrian Barbo. He cast his wife. Even our buddy Tom Atkins is in this as well. Yes. Um, a very good small role. But Chuck, let's face it. Snake Plissken. I and mean, the score and the way, it shot, score. the way it shot, it shot really well. Chuck, it it it, it only cost six million, end up making twenty five million dollars for yep. for the uh, for the uh, company. Uh, I, I think they were pretty happy with that return. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think by many, I mean outside of Halloween, I'm racking my brain. I think this might be my second favorite Carpenter movie. Uh, I, the thing would be close, but I, I got to tell you, Escape from New York caught my attention when I was 11 and it still has my attention now. Yeah, I agree. It's one of those movies that it is. A, there's a, there's a novelty to it that doesn't wear off. Yep. There's no doubt about it. And Oh, by the way, um, the movie takes place in 1997. I think we got through that alternate we reality. Did. Although, although New York City's kind of close to it right now, Chuck, a little closer than we want to be probably to, to the New York in escape from New York. So that's my number three. Your number four. What's your number three? Uh, it's Arthur. I knew this would be high for you. I love Arthur. Dudley Moore, signature role. Uh, but you know what makes this movie tick? Beside Arthur, you can't have Arthur being as great as it is without John Gilgood good as, as Hobson. The, the, the chemistry, the way they play off each other, his line delivery. And Liza Minnelli, the casting of Liza Minnelli really works in this film. She plays off him. She plays off the character of Arthur Box so well. Yep. Smart, smart casting John Gilgood as well. I mean, that, this that movie is was... one of those movies when you sat in a the theater and you watch this with an audience, it just, they respond to it. It moves them they're into it. The sequel, not so much because alcoholism wasn't funny when they did the sequel. It's weird how times things could change on a dime, but Arthur, Arthur's a, a comedy, high concept, perfect casting, great, great and it works really well a great summer comedy uh, it made 95 million dollars um it worked on every level it really it yeah. really stamped him as a movie star in in the united states you know he had 10 he, he had you know the, the role in 10 and, and um and foul play but this was the movie that was like all right we all know who dudley moore is we'll go see a dudley moore movie because he's in it and it's all because of his great performance in arthur might have gotten a little typecast, Chuck, but uh, I always liked Dudley Moore no matter what he was in. But a lot of people had a hard time seeing him anything other than Arthur. Um, but he definitely had a lot of layers and a lot of different good film roles. Um, Arthur didn't make my list, 
Uh, probably because no, I not, huh? no, it didn't make my list. Um, Who's my new partner next week? Well, you know, I found Cannonball Run funnier. Sorry. Yeah. Calling. This is an inside joke. Calling Steve Trulio. <laughs> well, if he's listening <laughs> right now, <laughs> he would tell you that that movie is flat. It wasn't scope. And then oh, that would yeah. be the end of yeah, I, I, his analyst analysis of the me, movie. Me and Mike are having a good, uh, a, a good, a good laugh with that. All right, Chuck, let's talk scope. And I have a feeling my number two is the same thing as your number two because it's the number two of Superman, and that's yes, Superman two. It is, it um, is. the half Richard Donner uh, directed Superman movie. Um, but this really uh, just adds a lot of things that the first one didn't have, and that's action. It adds a heck of a lot more action. First one's more of the origin and, and, story. And, it, and also, it has a really good storyline. Really good storyline and great villains. All due respect yeah. to to uh, Gene Hackman and, and Lex Luthor. It's great, but he's really not much Lex Luthor can do against Superman. Um, but uh, there is something Terrence Stamp can do, and that great trio. Chuck, this movie just plays on so many great levels, including a romantic uh, comedy as well. It has a lot of good sweet scenes between the two of them in Niagara Falls. Um, just think about what Superman would be like if he just wanted to be a regular guy, which is I, really- and, and and I think it's a perfect sequel to Superman the movie. It just, I agree. It's a I, perfect story to tell. It has a great payoff. That end, the end scene in the diner. Oh, when he goes back and, to that diner, is better than anything it. in the first two oh, movies. Oh, it's awesome. Yep. Um, it has the president too, is E.G. Marshall. That's a great scene when he returns the flag. And, and the scene, the scene, okay, the scene when Superman comes back to Metropolis and you see the newspaper, right? Because he's flying and the wind blowing, and 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 then he gets to the to the window <laughs> in the in the high rise, and Lex Luthor has that awesome great, green Dream Hackman line. Oh, it's just. It's just office. <laughs> Going. Uh, what, what does he say? Uh, Superman. Thank God. I mean, get him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's just great. Great stuff. That was a big audience. That was such a big audience pleasing film. Here's the thing. I, I understand. I understand Donner directed the original and a lot of the sequel and they bring in Rich, Rich, Richard Lester. Whatever happened here, Richard Lester is tone works for Superman too. Now I understand Superman, the Donner cut is not complete. It's not complete, right? They, right. They, I mean, but judging Richard Donner's cut of Superman too, just as it is on the DVD, Blu-ray, whatever. It's not nearly the film of Richard Lester Superman too. It's too serious. They take out the Niagara Falls scene, which is a mistake. Yeah. I love Richard Lester's Superman 2. It's a perfect superhero movie. It's a great sequel. I love everything about it. The tone, the emotion, Superman losing his powers, getting them back, the dino. I just it's just awesome. Well, and, and we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up Terrence Stamp as General Zod. Great. Who, who is really fantastic. And he he's not over the top at all. Uh it, it's a great uh, character. Um, I agree. Out for revenge. Uh really good stuff, Chuck. Uh and we talked last week how you know Wonder Woman eighty four went off the rails. Now this series would go off the rails quite quickly after Superman two because the producers um, Salkheim and whatever his name is they just they didn't know what to do, Chuck. So no. they brought in Richard Pryor, and then they could never recover. Well, I, I think that was a, I think that was Richard. See the Richard Pryor thing is what they call massive studio interference. Pryor's hot at the time. Warner Brothers has control of him, and they obviously said, hey. We got Superman popular, but we got Richard Pryor. So let's make a Richard Pryor movie and then merge it with Superman. 
And the result is, why did you do that? What I don't understand is, Chuck, why didn't Christopher Reeve and Superman just fly backwards again and reverse time to before Zod got? I mean, he could get out of every trouble if he just fixed the rotation of the Earth. I mean, he could. He I mean why didn't he just do that? I, I don't understand. But, you know, uh, we'd be also remiss if we didn't bring up Christopher Reeve and the quintessential Superman. He, defi- mm-hmm. he really hones in on his role here as Clark Kent more than anything else, too, Chuck, um, in Superman 2. And Christopher Reeve, who's deeply, deeply missed, um, and that movie li- lives on forever. It, 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 the one, Superman one and two completely hold up, in my opinion. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, much like Halloween one and two plays as one long movie, so do these two movies. Oh, I you agree. could watch this in one sitting and I really agree. get a great well, origin because story. Because in the beginning of Superman the movie, they set up those villains. Yes, they do. They set them they up exactly what they were doing. Yep, oh, which is really cool and very interesting. All right, Chuck, you hinted to my number one, and we know what yeah. your number one and is. And I want to debate you on this a little. Well, to me, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark is the best movie of 1981. Okay. And not only did, did, did do most people agree with me, it made 212 no, I know they do. box office. Uh, it was nominated for Best Picture. It was yeah. hugely uh, popular. Okay. Uh, it, it made one of the, outside of Snake Plissken, maybe the definitive hero. I got one, I got one you speak, and then I got one question. This on movie one. is perfect because it, it, Okay. It intertwines a great storyline with yeah. nonstop action left. Oh, okay, now that's my question. Can I speak? You want me to analyze this movie? I, yeah, first I do. of all, first of all, it's on yeah. your list. So don't start critiquing one of the great movies of no. all time, I let alone one, the I have one critique. Because you're nitpicking whatever it no, is. No, I have one critique. You're it nitpicking. Was, it was sold as nonstop action. You just said it's a nonstop action movie. Yeah. You know that's not true. I think there's nonstop action in this movie. It no, moves that's not at a quick true. pace entirely. It's not true. I disagree. I I, I don't agree. See, so all guess. right. So Temple of Doom is that nonstop? Uh, m- much much more than Raiders. Oh, oh okay. Much um, more than Raiders. Okay, so listen, so, Raiders is uh, like Raiders sets up a great character, iconic character. It has some great action set pieces. The scene when Indiana Jones pulls out the gun and shoots that guy. You know when he awesome. Yeah. Okay. Great it performance by Harrison Ford. Uh, anybody that can outshine Han Solo with a new character, yeah, it's I Harrison agree. Ford, and it, he does it. has it. a lot of awesome stuff in it. That's why it's in my top ten. Having said that, it is not, and I screened this, and I, and I, it's amazing how when I did a revival the first time, sold out. People love it. They revere it. I get it. But it is not a nonstop action movie. It has, uh, a, it lot of, it has a lot of talkiness in it. Well, because it, it has a good backstory to it. It actually has a great storyline to it, opposed to the other um, um, less intriguing storylines to the Indiana Jones series. This one has the best story. Okay, so when you tell your daughter, hey, she's seen it. Watch she's it. loved it. She loves right. it. Okay. Yeah, she loves it. She likes the All second right. one as well. All right. um, when you give her like 10 bucks, say that. Or what's the story? I, yeah. No, so uh, I have to pay someone to like Raiders of the Lost Ark now no, based on Chuck's analysis that he was bored sometimes no, 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 because it, there's I'm, not, I'm, not enough action in it. It's, it's not in that, but it is not. So you need it to be more like an Avengers movie, like more CGI, more no. things blowing up. No, That's what you it, need. I get but it. it. But it does for me. It bogs down a little in talkiness. It, it does not. Does. It does not. It just has a very good storyline to it. Okay. Very good villain in it as well three of them as a matter of fact and it's just got harrison ford and it's got karen allen who, who is fantastic and you film. know when you i just watched scrooge again at christmas time and i gotta tell you she's a she's a big reason that movie works well, she's really she's a very appealing person she's appealing in that animal house star the wanderers Man, the wanderers the wanderers and this film uh there's a perfect film to me chuck i remember 11 years old thinking i can't every movie Star Starman. 
Yeah, I, I said Starman. If you oh, were listening, okay. you would have heard me say Starman. I, I was thinking, but, like I was trying to absorb what you're saying, but I was thinking. Yeah, well, you're mind. thinking too far ahead. You're thinking right. in your own mind. Um, uh, this is the perfect movie. I remember thinking in 11 years old, why can't every movie uh, maintain the pace that this movie is? You never lets up. I never took a breath. And Indiana Jones oh. Temple of Doom is even even quicker and, and more fast paced with less of a story, but just all pure action. I love and it, this. And, I, I love and it all started I here. I remember, I Chuck. Them. When I was 11, yeah. my mom and my, my mom and dad dropped me and my brother off at the at the at the Stroud Mall. You know the yeah. movie theater. Um, they said you guys can go see uh, any, any movie you want. Rocky three and 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 Raiders of the Lost Ark were both playing. We had seen both movies. Uh, we went to see Raiders of the Lost Ark. So okay. um, it, it's it's that, that, that good. What, what wasn't life grand that uh, when you could do that? Back in the day, when you could make decisions like that, as opposed to going to see you know unhinged or you know. Whatever the hell else is playing, Tom Hanks's new movie. I, I don't you know. know listen, was there anything cooler in the 1980s at Christmas time, the week between Christmas and New Year's? Let's go to the movies. No, no, absolutely not. And, right? you know, let's talk about, I mean, you number one a little bit more if we want. And that was Blowout, too, yeah. Chuck. Um, it, De Palma. And I loved his documentary. I don't know if you ever got a chance to see it. It's I did really not. Cool. I would like to, though. He goes through all his movies, and he's really fond of this movie. I think what the Palma ended up falling, he fell in love with himself just a little bit too much, Chuck. Well, and he always put, got that. He always got that uh, that tag. Oh, he's trying to be Hitch. He's ripping off Hitch Hitchcock, Hitchcock right? yeah. Okay. He's I a just really think, good director, though. Really is, good director. I think he just got too cute sometimes with his movies like Dress to Kill and, and even uh, Carlito's Way. Um, he, he got a little too grandiose for movies that didn't need it. Um, and the Untouchables. It is the Untouchables is perfect. Um, and, 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 and Scarface. But, but, uh, but outside of that, he's, he's just a great director. He catches his award, too. Yeah. Good movie. Real good. I movie. like that movie. Yeah. Like real that. good movie. All right, Chuck, uh, 10 through one. Here they are again. Cannonball run Sharky's machine. American world for London. At number eight scanners at number seven stripes at six nighthawks at five blowout at four escape from New York at three Superman two at two and Raiders of the Lost Ark at number one. My number 10 Fort Apache, the Bronx, Paul Newman, number nine, Halloween two, number Eight, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Number seven, Wolfen. Number six, Sharky's Machine. Number five, An American Werewolf in London. Number four, Escape from New York. Number three, Arthur. Number two, Superman 2. Number one, Blowout. Now, I just want to point out, we did not mention On Golden Pond or Reds. I don't remember Reds that much. I did like On Golden Pond, though. I, I did like that film. And Chariots of Fire, too, which one Chariots of picture. Fire. I mean, these are good movies. We, I just went what I watch now. It's movies that like, have yeah. radiated, that stuck with me. That yeah. I can watch on repeat viewing that I'll introduce to my daughter, right? That's yep. a fair analogy. Yep, and, and another good movie too was uh Atlantic City came out that year too. Yeah, That's Burt a Lancaster. good movie too. Um with uh Burt Lancaster and yes. so it, it was a good year to it say the least. In retrospect, I said to myself, why why is Mike May, why why is he asking me to do top ten movies of eighty one? Well, because it's two thousand it's two thousand twenty one. Forty years ago, Chuck. That's, um, it's hard to believe. And in, in November of nineteen. By the way, happy new year. Happy New Year to you. By the way, uh, November of 1981 was when we lost Natalie Wood, believe it or not. Wow. Um, and uh, she would come out with, uh, what was that, Brainstorm? Was that what Brainstorm. the name of that? Yes. Um, and and uh, uh, not a good way to go out. Chuck. Christopher Walken, Louise Fletcher. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and you know what? If she didn't get cast in that movie, she'd probably still be alive because some people speculate. I know. You know? Who knows? Know. 
Did you enjoy Taps? That came out at the end of the year. It was an interesting film. I, I liked it, I think. I, I, I remember it. Yeah, it was really Timothy, good. Interesting. Timothy Hutton. Timothy Hutton and, and Neighbors came out at the end of the year, too, which is an underrated I remember, movie. Okay, I remember going to see Neighbors in a movie theater, and, and, and it was weird about it. They flipped. They played against hype. Yep. Bellucci played the straight guy, and Agri played the lunatic. J- uh, John Abbott directed that directed movie. That, I, remember, yeah. I remember Kathy Moriarty uh, in that movie, too. She yeah, she weirdest, stood out. She had, she had the weirdest voice, no? She did. She's, uh, and, and last but not least, um, to talk about horror movies, also out that year was Ghost Story. And I remember that movie. Good with movie. The, yeah, I, you know, that almost made my top. That's a really good movie. Really good movie. You got the Douglas Fairbanks I, and Melvin I, Douglas. I, I just had a buddy text me last week saying, yeah, I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm, I'm at home watching Ghost Story. Creepy movie. Yeah. Creepy movie. So, yeah, it was a really good year of movies. And again, like we talked about earlier, uh, kind of that really pinnacle point of the slasher uh, movie making it to the theaters and, and getting everybody. I'm surprised Maniac's not on your list, considering the lifestyle. Don't, you live let's right be now, honest. Chuck. Don't in, like, we t- we we dwelled on. Don't don't you miss going to the video store? I mean, come on, I do. There's something we got out of the house, Mike. We we said, let's take a ride. Let's do something. No. How about this? Let's go for a ride. Let's let's go through the McDonald's drive through and then go to the video store. What happened? Now we sit on the now you you, you I'm, I'm not speaking for me. You sit on the couch. You know, by the way, I did 500 pushups today. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah. Well, that I'm in yeah. a ama- like I looked in them. I'm being I woke up. This well, when you're looked, doing your workout, looked, when you're doing your workout podcast, yeah. be sure yeah. to bring up that you watched a movie during your workout. Podcast. I know. But I, lo- I looked in the mirror today. No shirt. I said, man, I'm, I'm like athletes, Batman. And then you're sitting on the couch eating Pringles, binge watching. Yeah. No. No, not quite. Um, on that note, I'll edit out the last five minutes for you people listening <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll tidy this show up a little bit better no. than what Chuck just did. Don't do it. Chuck, we will do this all over again. And when I say do your best 1991 movies, now you'll know why we're on the, the ones. I get okay. it. Okay. I get it. All right, Chuck, we'll do it all over again. Happy New Year, buddy. Oh, Happy New Year, by the way. Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.